going to start tonight with just a song. We're saving the good singers for Sunday morning, so you're stuck with me tonight. If I can find what I want to sing. Number 581. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, Oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Remember that you're to uh, call in your prayer request or to put them online on Facebook so we can add them to the prayer list and share them with everyone. And remember to obey the government and uh, stay where you are tonight. Uh, I just wanted us to read some scriptures about the crucifixion and the resurrection because this is Easter week. It's, it's the Passion Week and we need to remember Jesus and what he did for us in a special way. So open your Bible first of all to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 verses 1 and 2. It tells us these words. When the morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. And then down in verse 11, it says, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled. Then we drop down, uh, and it says in verse 22, that Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? the anointed, the Messiah. And they said to him, let him be crucified. And then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but that rather a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said to him, His blood be on us and our children. Which is really what Jesus went to the cross for. To shed his blood as a covering for our sins. Then he released Barabbas to them, 
When he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium as a place where the soldiers lived and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, which was as close to the color purple as they could get for royalty. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. And these aren't little thorns, like little brambles. These are the big thorns, about an inch to two inches long. And they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! There's coming today, according to Philippians, when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You better do it willingly because there's coming a time where you won't have any choice. Then they spat upon him and took the reed and struck him on the head. Think of it driving down those thorns into his brow. And they mocked him. Then they took the robe off him, and put on his own clothes, and led him away to be crucified. And then I wanted to look at, at some other prophecies because when you read this, you need to understand that everything that happened on the cross was according to God's uh, timing. It was according to God's will. It was according to what uh, God had pre-planned. In John chapter 19, beginning with verse 16, John records these words. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. To crucify him, they stretched him out almost to the point, one holding one arm, one holding another, uh, putting their feet against the cross and stretching it across and nailing his hands through where uh, all the nerves run through is what medical doctors have said to the cross as tight as they could and then stretching him down and nailing his feet to the bottom member it says there they crucified him and two others with him one on either side and jesus in the center and pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was jesus is nazareth the king of the jews the other gospels tell us is written in aramaic in Hebrew and in Greek, so everybody could read the charge against him. And then we go down, and it says in verse 25, or first it says in verse 23, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts. Each soldier took a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven the top in one piece. And they said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for whose it shall be, that they might be fulfilled from the prophet, which says, they divided my garments, and for them they cast lots. In other words, they cast a die with numbers on it. And whoever got the highest number won his one-piece tunic that they could sell later on for money. And the, that's why the soldiers did these things. We go on to... John chapter 19, and John chapter 19, it says in verse 31, because it was the preparation day, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. It was Passover, it was a high holy Sabbath, and they didn't want the bodies there because they were not supposed to leave the body hanging on a tree uh, overnight. The Sabbath was a high day. 
And the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. The two thieves, one on his right, one on his left, one who rejected Jesus, one who asked Jesus to remember him when he came in his kingdom. And Jesus gave him the promise, today you'll be with me in paradise. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who is seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows and he's telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And another says they looked at him whom they pierced. You see, the Roman soldiers knew how to inflict pain. They knew how to crucify. They knew how to make it a slow, torturous death. When they came to Jesus, it had already been dark. He cried out with a loud voice. The sun has come back out by now. Uh, they want, as it's getting towards the evening, towards the setting of the sun, before nightfall comes and the Sabbath comes, the Jewish leaders come. They want Jesus taken off the cross. They don't know if he's dead yet. They want him to have his legs broken so that he would suffocate. That's what would happen when you could not raise up on the cross as you're stressed out. You'd push with your legs into the power of painful woods, and you would gasp for air. But if you could not breathe, your heart would literally explode from a lack of oxygen trying to pump, and you would suffocate and bleed out. And so that wrong uh, soldier took a short spear, one of their war spears that they would carry when they had a, 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 a line they would jab through to stab people. It was just a short spear. And he reached up with it, and he pierced Jesus right here on his side. Later on, Thomas wants to see the, the mark in his side. John is watching this and he says, I have seen it and I testify it's true that blood and water came out signifying that Jesus' heart had already burst and that sack was full of blood and full of water. And when he pierced that sack and pierced up towards his heart, he knew for sure that he had expired, he had died. And we find after that that Joseph of Arimathea asked for the body. They buried the body in his tomb, a new tomb in that garden. The women were across from the tomb watching. They would come back, and it was amazing to me that Jesus chose the women, who you couldn't even testify in court as a woman, but he chose them to be the first witnesses. Not only that, Mary Magdalene is the one who carried the gospel news to the apostles. She who had had seven demons, who'd been a woman of ill repute, a prostitute, was the very one, after believing in Christ and following him for so long and loving him so much, that would be the first to know the good news. In Matthew 28, it says these words, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, it's early, these women can't wait to get to Jesus to prepare his body. Even though Joseph and Nicodemus had wrapped him in spices, the women knew they hadn't done a proper job. They were going to take care of the Lord. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came out and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. You understand, he didn't roll back the tomb to let Jesus out. Jesus was already gone. 
He rolled back the tomb to let the women in. And it says, he sat on the stone and his countenance was like lightning. He looked bright like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. In other words, when the earthquake happened and the angel descended and rolled back the tomb, the guards were so fearful, they fainted, became like dead men. So the women are there. They see the tomb open. That problem has been solved. It says, when they saw the angel, the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed he's going before you in the Galilee and there you will see him. Behold, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples the word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! They came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. You see, John the Apostle has more to say of that. All the Gospels tell of it. And it, it says that on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away. She ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter went out and the other disciple and they ran to the tomb and John got there first and Peter got there second. Peter went in. John went in and saw the grave clothes and John believed and Peter went away perplexed. And then Mary Magdalene's still there and Jesus appears to her and she doesn't recognize him thinking he's a gardener and asking where they've taken. She wants to take care of him and he says, Mary, and she recognizes and grabs him by the feet. And so the order that they tell it is according to how they remember it, but it's the same story. But the good news is Jesus raised from the dead because he raised, we have hope. We need to remember that's why we celebrate Easter. The apostle Paul gives us the resurrection appearances in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about the surety, the, the positive occurrence of Jesus' resurrection and the proofs of it were how many people saw him, that he appeared to James, his brother, he appeared to Peter, he appeared to all the apostles at once, he appeared to over 500 at one time, and finally to Paul as one born out of due season on the Damascus road. We can rest in the assurance that Jesus is alive, and we need to take hope in that. I want you to celebrate Easter you can celebrate it in your living room. You can celebrate it outside as the sun comes up. You can celebrate it wherever you're at. Just celebrate that Jesus is alive and practice proper social distancing, a word I never thought I would know. Social distancing, six feet at least. But if you're out shopping, tell somebody the good news about Jesus. Do we understand that? I'm going to try to sing number 572, 
I wish that uh, Brother Ronnie could be here to do this. He's working, taking care of his business, and so I'm just filling in. He is the song man. I am not. I'm just trying to do this to praise the Lord. My heart is full. I hope yours will be for this Easter too. I'm a little bit sad because we don't get to share it together, but I'm assuming we will share it together apart. As I said before, some people think this is church. This is not church. This may be a form of getting together, but it's not really where two or three are gathered in a name, especially for those who live alone or single. You see, to me, the church means gathering. We gather for worship. We gather for our discipleship. We gather uh, to pray and to praise those elements of the church. We gather to sing and praise, again, elements of what makes a New Testament church. And as we gather, we grow. See, we are discipled by the Word in Sunday school, in our special studies, in the youth, in the teen kid, in, in the other Bible studies that we do. The things that we do, we grow, and we grow to learn our gifts so that we are made disciples. And then we go. You see, as we are discipled, we're to learn to share our faith, and we're to share our faith outside these walls. We're to do ministry outside the walls of this building we call church because we are the church. That's what church means, gathering, growing, going. Because everything we do should revolve around Jesus, and this story, this blessed story that gives us hope of eternal life when we have repented of our sins and placed our faith in him, asking him to save us. My encouragement, if you're listening to me and you haven't done that, you do that simple prayer, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior and asking him to save you from your sins and repenting of those, which means to turn away from them. I'm going to try to do Blessed Assurance, number 572. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washing His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I'm on the wrong key. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, Praising my Savior all the day long. Let's rejoice, church, in the good news of Easter, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Remember to pray over your prayer list. Remember to turn in your name so we can keep it updated. Your staff loves you. Your deacon body loves you. If you need something, call us. Let's pray.
Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross in your ordained, foreordained plan to die for my sins and other sins, for our sins. The price we could not pay, Lord Jesus, you paid that awful price. We praise you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and indwelling us and leading us through your word and guiding us with your wisdom and giving us your gifts and empowerment to do your work here in this place. Father God, we lift up our prayer list to you. There are so many on it. There are some that are next door to death. There are some that have cancer in so many ways. There are others trying to recover from surgery that had such bad health, they don't know if they'll ever get well. Place your healing hand upon them. Lord, your word tells us by your stripes we are healed. We are healed physically because you are the great physician, but we are healed spiritually because you gave your life, your blood for us. Cover us in your blood. Lord, you made us your righteousness. That gives us the chance to approach you in prayer. Be with these who are sick and afflicted, and according to your will, raise them up off their sick beds and bring them back to us. Father, right now we're in the midst of this pandemic. It's across our nation. It's across the world. It's so real. There are many who are in such fear. Calm our fears, Lord. Protect us, Lord. We pray for our families, our church families, our church members, our fellow churches, our fellow Christians here across our nation, across the world, that you would heal them of their suffering. Be with those who have lost loved ones. They are not even able to really have a funeral and grieve properly. Be with them in a special way. Father, stop this pandemic in a way that you would gain glory. Stop it in its tracks. Restore things. Father, you have done this to get our attention. You have taken away everything. We can't go out and eat. We can't go to the movies. We can't major on sports. It's all been canceled. Some can't go to work. Some have been laid off. You've taken away everything so that we could focus on you and hear your spirit calling us back to you. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. Lord, upon our church, upon our communities, upon our land. Heal our land, Lord. We repent. We turn to you. Forgive us, Father, as a nation, how we've turned from you. Give our leaders wisdom, godly wisdom. Let them follow godly wisdom. Stop those who would lead us further away from you. Frustrate those. Frustrate the devil and his purposes for this pandemic. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, do this. Help those who have lost their jobs to find work. Bless them with the money they need to pay their bills and take care of their families. Father, so many are lonely and depressed and hurting. Mental illness is a real thing. This isolation, this solitude is not good. I pray for my fellow Christians, the church around the world, that live in places where it's not safe, where there's no clean water, where there's not enough food, where there's no medical care. They need you, Lord. They're persecuted on a daily basis just for your name. And yet they remain faithful. Would you be with them and help them, Father, in a mighty way? 
be glorified through their lives and through our lives. Help us all to walk worthy of the precious name of Jesus. I pray for our nurses, our doctors, our first responders, our firefighters, our policemen. You would protect them from this pandemic. You would help their families not to catch it. That you'd be with them as they fight on the front lines. Be with our soldiers who are helping even now in places around the world. Protect them and their families, Lord. Be with our missionaries who are spreading your word even while this is going on. Protect them and their families. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you for your spirit. Father, I pray a special blessing of the joy of our salvation as we approach Easter. Fill us with your goodness. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with a victorious spirit so that we can celebrate our risen Lord and worship him truly this coming Sunday. May you receive all the praise and glory that's due to your awesome mighty name. We praise you for all your divine attributes. We praise you that you never change. We praise you for your holy, holy, holiness. We praise you for your justice and righteousness. We praise you for your mercy and loving kindness, your covenant love that you never, ever forget. We praise you for our salvation that's eternally secure because of Jesus Christ and your might and your power. We praise you for your knowledge and your presence. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for Brother Galen and for Stephanie and for our deacons, for our church body, for their faithfulness and the giving of their tithes to help us to carry on. You guide us and direct us through this time, Lord. Father, if it would be your will, shorten this time. Let it be over quicker than they thought. Help our economy to rebound, not for our glory, but for yours and to help those who need help. These things I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, church. Have a good evening. We'll see you Sunday.